2: Hello, listener. Just wanted to let you know before we get started that we ran into some, at times, pretty serious audio issues with this one. We had some issues with our recording platform, meaning that we had to revert to the lower quality Zoom backup version of the recording. And just to top it off, one of our air conditioning units really fires up at about the 19-minute mark. So apologies for that. But aside from that, it's the usual great stuff from Celtics J and Wayne Spooney. If you just imagine they're recording in the tunnel of the noisy chase center post-game, you'll barely notice. I'm sure you'll still enjoy this one, and with that, let's get into it. It's podcast. Back out the, Fakes the
1: pass all the time. Welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. This is your host, Wayne Spooney. I'm in the host chair because Celtics Jay is on the road. And he is here with me reporting live from his beautiful Hilton Garden. And Jay, how are you doing today, man?
0: You know what? On, on, on the heels of a big old Celtic win, even, yeah. even the Hilton... Even the Hilton Garden Inn's bullshit internet connection ain't pissing
1: me off too bad right now. A little bit, a little bit. That's awesome, man. They, get they it, are yeah. not a sponsor. Yeah, you're, I can see you're not uploading right now, so that might be an issue as we move forward here. But we'll see. Um, so, Jay, let's jump right in. Game one, normally I think it makes sense to start from the first quarter and go from there. But with this fourth I quarter... Thought. I just don't think we can do it, man. We the Celtics outscored the Warriors 40-16, 128-108 win. biggest difference in a finals quarter ever. The first time a team's been down double digits going into the fourth and one by double digits. And as user the turtle one says The Boston Celtics just won the first game of the NBA Finals on the road after being 12 points after the third. I don't know about you guys, but every part of that sentence feels totally surreal to me. (laughs) Jay, walk me through how you were feeling going into the fourth and kind of when you finally felt like, wow, we've got this, like we're winning this game.
0: So user turtle soup, used the wrong word, because I would say uh, pornographic is the way that that sounds like <laughs> just beautifully pornographic, okay. like the classy stuff, though, not like that trashy stuff, like the classy stuff, like, you know, like real, real good style. camera angles. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't entirely put into words other than just how much genuine joy there is to watch this team just do the things that we believe in our hearts that they can do because they've just shown those glimpses, not just throughout the series and not just even glimpses. Like we've we've seen stretches like, yeah. And we've also though, we've seen some dips and we've seen some dives and there was so much rational, logical reasoning behind having some doubt, some, some concern, some nervousness. Right. But then, that fourth quarter freaking happens. And we just start watching these guys get right back into that flow. I mean, they looked like that team that was just rolling, rolling folks. And, and the way, the way people were talking about it. I mean, even KOC said just embarrassing teams out there. Embarrassing. I got, I put, I put a picture on Twitter of, of Steph Curry's face right after he came out of that game.
1: just yeah, all sad with the duck face and was in pain. Yeah. <laughs> Existential. I mean, that
0: picture says everything I need to know about what the hell yeah. just happened there. It was bananas. It was as close to and I think you had said this in, in the in the live stream on playback. It was as close to a perfect quarter of basketball as you could expect the team to play. Where were you at? Like, how are you feeling after after watching what, what happened there?
1: Yeah, I think going into the fourth quarter, my thought was uh, these these teams, just the way they play, this is going to be a series of runs, right? The Warriors shoot a ton of threes. They try to turn you over. We do the same thing. Um, so I think there's going to be big runs to be had in this series. And we were down, I think, 12 going into the fourth quarter. And my thought was, like, if we get that first run, if we go 6-0, 8 run. I'll feel really good about where we're at and our chances to win this game. We did that. Like a
0: 17-0 run.
1: <laughs> we did that, and then it just didn't stop for the rest of the quarter. So, I definitely think, um, and it was interesting the lineup Udoka went to. I think this kind of some balls on a first year head coach to go Pritchard, Derek White at the same time with, I think, Rob was out there as the lone big Uh, And those guys were just, I think we both said it, you said it at one point, Jay, is like the tempo and the purpose they were playing with on the offensive end. um, It was just really, you could tell they were locked in and they were about to do something special with just how they were playing. And I think Pritchard's a big help for them when he's out there because he's so deadly from three. And he did a really nice job on the defensive end, hounding Steph Curry, like Iguodala tried to post him up and he didn't move an inch. So um, I would say it was when they were interviewing Steve Kerr and he was like, or it was a mic'd up of Steve Kerr being like, get a stop get a score. We got, like, get a bucket here and then get a stop. We're right where we want to be. And they (laughs) cut to Al Horford tipping the ball. Derek White gets it. Pitch back to Al. Buries a three for a six-point game. And it's like, holy shit, we're gonna win this fucking game, man. And, like, they took it to another level from even that point. So it was an absolute flurry of threes. We shot 51% from three, Jay. So, like... Do you feel like that's we should be? Because you know what Warriors fans are going to say. Like Porford was six. They're eight. already saying it. Yeah, <laughs> they're already saying it. Eight. Derek White five eight. Smart had an eighteen five and four on four seven from three. Like, do you have any concern that we just shot the lights out and that's why we won?
0: I mean, we did shoot the lights
1: out. Yeah, I
0: don't know. Th- it- So obviously, if they don't make those shots, the game's a lot closer. But ultimately, they were getting whatever they wanted on offense. And so that's where I feel like that argument ends up falling a bit flat for me. Now, here's the thing. I do not expect that every minute of every game is going to go the way that fourth quarter went. I don't expect that. And I'm not expecting a sweep either. But anyone saying that we just happened to get lucky in making some threes I don't think they were watching the game because there's nothing lucky about the shots that they were getting. They were they were moving the ball. They had all of those Warriors defenders spun and then they were getting open looks. And here's the thing. Derek White is not an elite three point shooter, nor is Marcus Smart. And at this point, it's it's kind of been evident that Al Horford's not even an elite three-point shooter. I mean, he's right. had, especially if he's tired, those legs are under him. That ball gets real short and real flat. But with a little bit of rest, and and and, and what you gotta understand is, even the most mediocre three-point shooter in the NBA, if they're wide open, they're gonna hit that shit. Right. Like You see it in warm-ups all the time. You see it on these Instagram videos and, and quick Twitter videos where guys are just like raining 10, 15, off in a row you leave them open they're going to hit shots so here's the thing no they're probably not going to be six of eight again or you know 15 for 23 total whatever they were but if they're going to keep leaving these guys open they're going to have problems and if we're not going to hit those like that it's going to be because they've made adjustments and they're actually playing some damn defense because last i heard draymond said they could play defense last i heard draymond was supposed to be the Defensive player of the year. And here he is, not even closing the hell out, just sitting there watching people. And then he's on his podcast talking like, oh, we dominated them for 41 minutes. Like, that math don't work out, kid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, to your point, I think 38 of our 41 threes were either open or wide open. Um, and White's been solid on on wide-open threes his whole career, smart too, and Horford as well. And Horford's, like, sneaky on a crazy hot streak in the playoffs. He's shooting, like, 45% from three in the playoffs. So, like, I think, I, I think you're right. Like, throughout a season, he is not an elite, elite three-point shooter, but he is capable of looking like one, For a playoff run. And that's really all we need. We only need three more wins, man. You know what I mean? We only need to... Like, we could have three more hot shooting games, right? Like, we totally can do that. So um, For sure. And and I think when you're getting open looks all night, you get into rhythms, too. Uh, You know? It's like the open looks are harder to make when you haven't had one all night, and all of a sudden, it's the third quarter. Uh, But when it's like, shit, all night, I'm just walking into wide-open threes, you just start... Brimming with confidence and I think White is definitely a confidence player like you can tell when Derek White is not really feeling himself and he's timid he's feeling it now he is he is he's like he's never felt it before man like he is fucking pumped he's he got so much confidence and swagger every time he touches the ball like um, so I wouldn't be it's been very good timing for Derek White to find his jump shot. I will say that. But the Bucks tried this. This is the Bucs strategy and we won, you know, <laughs> so I'm not sure this is and a they're they're a strategy. better,
0: more aggressive defensive team way bigger. The Warriors are, 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 are a good defensive team, but they're just not physical like that, right? Like, they're, they're not as big and strong. So, they're not as likely going to wear us out, especially because the Boston Celtics squad, like, these guys are kind of, they have, they have, they've carved themselves to be like, you know, these stone built warriors out there. So, it's like you can try to beat them up. It's not really going to work. You're just going to hurt yourself every time you try to bump into them. Uh, I got to ask you a question, though. I I really wonder what your thought on this is going to be, because I've got maybe a different take, but it'll be interesting because I've thought that before, and then we've had the same take. So I want to ask you,
1: what was the turning point in this game, do you think? Um, I would say probably, um, I think, can I give you two? (laughs) Because then you're more likely to to
0: have the same take as me.
1: Okay. All right. What I will (laughs) say is I think the Warriors in the end of the first or beginning of the second quarter got a 10 point lead, and we just stormed right back and ended up going up to two. uh, We were up two at halftime. And that to me, it just felt like the guys were like, all right, we can beat these dudes. Like, they, they are not invincible. This is not an unbeatable team. Like, They had us right where they wanted. Like, you go down 10 to the Warriors, you're thinking, wow, this could be 20 in three possessions, basically. And then all of a sudden, we're up two at halftime. So I would say that was the big thing to me where it just felt like the proof of concept. Like, what we're doing is going to work against these guys. Like, Curry was absurdly hot. We blew a few rotations at at the beginning of, at the in the first quarter, but we <laughs> that's yeah, polite <laughs> understatement. Yeah, we didn't guard anybody for like the first six <laughs> minutes, but once we started to, it worked and it worked throughout the whole game. I mean, even that third quarter, like you know, Iguodala hits the three. Auto Porter splashing threes. It's like, all right, man. Like you Wiggins is that. hitting threes. Yeah, Wiggins is hitting all sorts of crazy shots. So you live with that. The defense is working as intended, and eventually the math's going to work in your favor. And oh, baby, did it in that fourth quarter. <laughs> So, what do you think? So, yeah,
0: we're the the least interesting pair ever because we (laughs) always end up with the same takes. Because I figured you'd go to that fourth quarter again and think about like one of the pivot points there and and maybe go back to that play that you had cited. But, yeah, that second quarter was something. When we saw the way that they were in, and what I really appreciated was they demonstrated an ability to pick on their best player, right? Like they, they picked on Steph. They put three fouls on that guy in the first half. They started just matching him up all over the place. And they like, Steph looked pissed off because in that first quarter, Steph is doing his whole, "Mm, you don't want it, like chewing on my mask. I mean, he was raining hellfire, but but in the same way, you can't leave even mediocre shooters open. You can't give Curry any space. You can. You're going to get punished. And they, I mean, they were basically just asking for him to, to put them to bed. And the way they bounced back And then, like you said, getting that lead then and being able to punish specifically Steph in that moment, take their best player and put him in a position that he can't even help himself and the other and the rest of the team can't really do anything because there's no one that he can hide on. Anyone that he ends up on is going to be able to attack him. If it's a big man, they're just going to put him in the post. Even if it's Tatum, they're going to put him in the post. If it's one of the other guys on the wing or on the perimeter, they're just going to drive on him. Like No one's scared of him on the defensive end, which makes him really vulnerable at this point in his career. Like It seems like maybe—I always remembered him as a bit stronger of a defender, but— you know, he's also getting towards the back end of the career, right? Like he's, he's in like maybe the last couple of years of like that prime performance, but I'm also not trying to speak ill on dude. Cause like the last thing we need is anyone whispering that kind of shit in his ear, because he's got that mama mentality junk in his head. Like I'm, I kid you not. That man is like a laser focused human being. He's not going to come out in game two, looking to get punked. I'll tell you. No. Um, but so taking him and essentially making him not only a non-factor, but a liability. That I think, like you said, it changed the psychology for our guys. And they yeah. realized, oh no, not only, not only did we earn our way here, but there's no reason why this isn't ours. It's just I had said it earlier. Uh we are witnessing special stuff right now. And yeah, in the same way that a lot of people, KOC talks all the time, like you, we have to appreciate LeBron James because he's in, in this true league, a special guy. I'm telling uh, you right now, uh, you need yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> you need to right now appreciate what the Celtics are doing because it's not just satisfying Celtic fans, you know, interest and enthusiasm for getting a chip. They are doing some stuff right now that is just different. I, I was hearing KOC and and Verno talk on their pod, and I mean, what they were saying, what they're commenting on right now, is speaking to. They're essentially they're, they just warriors. The Warriors is <laughs> is really yeah, I, what it looked like to them. And and if that's what's happening here with with a with a bigger, stronger, and and with a team that's designed and and signed up to be able to stick together so long as they wish to, man. Man, let's, let's just ride this wave. I'm not predicting it, like anything as far as game two. Who knows what the hell is going to happen? You have to expect Warriors are going to come back ferocious. But yep. we are witnessing special stuff from Boston. Keep your eyes open wide, everybody.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great point on especially the Curry side of things. Like, you have to pick on him on defense. Just for the sheer fact that it makes him tired. And he's less effective on offense. I I do think Curry's not a bad defensive player, but he's undersized and he's certainly not good. So you can pick at him, especially when you've got a guy like Tatum, who's just so much bigger than him and so skilled. So uh, we did a wonderful job, I think, uh, not in the first quarter, but beyond that, we did a wonderful job going at Curry and he looked like he was wearing down as that game went along. Like he was not the same guy in the set. He hit one three after the first quarter. Um. So and that that defense, the Celtics' defense, is just so hard to generate open looks against, and that wears you out too. And I I really don't think they can run their offense against us. And maybe I'll look dumb at, after game two. But I think they're just going to have to go to Curry pick and roll because all that off. We just switch, like switch it, switch it, switch it. Congratulations. You have eight seconds left on the shot clock and you haven't even passed the ball yet because you're trying Mm -hmm. to get all this off ball movement. So I I would wonder if they're just going to say, screw it. Curry's running 35 pick and rolls, which terrifies me because that's very dangerous. (laughs)
0: Well, and we were talking about it during the game because I was surprised by that too. It, you know, I remember being on the pregame show uh, on Celtics Corner with B. Smooth um, and Jags, and they were talking about you know ways to to try and defend Curry and you know the the big. The big thought was, you know, as much as we might have some defenders that, that are going to be strong to be able to face them one-on-one, like Smart and White, um, you know, the the most difficult aspect of it is going to be that off-ball movement. But what's kind of surprising is that actually seemed to work against him because the more they tried to play him off-ball, yeah. the less of a factor he was because then we just made it that much harder to get him the ball in any way. And so if you can keep the ball out of his hands, that's dynamite. Because I think at this point it's pretty evident he is going to be the most lethal and dangerous with the ball in his hands and people having to fight over or through and around picks because that's what – because he doesn't need much. He just needs a sliver of space. So even if you get through that screen what would normally be considered effectively, you're getting getting burned because it's not enough. And that's where I think Peyton actually was a real godsend on defense. Yeah. Because he's such a smaller guy, it's easier for him to get around and through those picks without getting hung up. Like, Smart's got these big old broad shoulders. He's a strong-ass dude. Even though he can fight through a screen, it's going to take him longer just because of the sheer mass and, you know, two bodies, celestial bodies colliding together. Peyton's just slithering right through that shit, and he's at least just staying right there in front of him. So he's not getting that even sliver of space without having and some disruption. I mean, what a... Ultimately, all the praise in the world to the players, and there's a couple other players I know we've got to hit on and give some some flowers and love to, but, you know, I don't know that anyone deserves more credit right now than Ime Odoka and the way that he's got these guys schemed out and playing ball, because it just seems fucking brilliant.
2: Gentlemen, all men strive for gold in their life, right? Gold medals, gold watches, gold everything. However, there's a certain type of man who goes the extra mile He walks with the confidence of an eagle and giggles in the face of danger. He's a big, hairless, winning machine, and when he unzips his pants, he sees platinum? That's right, Manscaped would like to introduce you to their best and biggest ultimate hygiene bundle yet, the Platinum Package 4.0. Manscaped is the leader in below-the-waist grooming, and now trust them with the whole shebang. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code CRPOD, CR as in Celtics Reddit, pod as in podcast, now, I've got to say, you know, Manscaped, as we joined them, as we partnered with them, they sent us out some stuff, and it's really made a huge difference to my my hygiene and my grooming routine. A lot of extra confidence, particularly wearing NBA jerseys and no longer needing to worry about the, uh, shall I say, the uh, increasing shoulder hair that uh, one male gets as a, as a maturing male. Further to that, going to the hairdresser, getting my hair cut, I no longer see them reaching into my ears or to certain parts around my neck, trimming hair that I didn't realize I had. With the Manscaped package, I I feel like I'm all over it. So I really, I can't recommend getting on top of your own grooming enough and employing Manscaped. Manscaped's brand new Platinum Package 4.0 is the biggest bundle they've ever offered, giving you a bulk discount on Manscaped's top products. The Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. They designed this package to allow you to fully align your entire hygiene routine with Elite products. Inside this platinum package, you'll find their Lawn Mower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. By God, I need that myself. Ultra Premium Body Wash, Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, Ultra Premium Deodorant, Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant. Very handy crop reviver ball spray toner anti-chafing boxes and the shed travel bag to hold your goods while traveling the lawnmower 4.0 body trimmer and weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate parts and holes both are waterproof so you can shave with less mess In addition to shaving, you can now completely upgrade your shower routine with the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. You'll have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. As well, don't forget to apply their Aluminum-Free Ultra Premium Deodorant for that cologne-quality scent on the go. But it's not just your pits that stink, your balls can stink too, believe me. Thankfully, their Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner can solve this problem for you. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Platinum Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxes and the Shed Travel Bag. If you're traveling like me to the NBA Finals from Australia, you need to throw all this stuff into your Shed Travel Bag. It's essential at this point. Bring your comfort and boxes to another level. The Platinum Package 4.0 covers all the bases from head to toe, the best bang for your So support the Celtics Reddit podcast and more importantly, support yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CRPOD at manscaped.com. CRPOD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. It's time you enjoy the finer things in life and get yourself a platinum package for your platinum package.
1: Yeah, the, I, the one issue I take with Udoka's coaching is running double bigs against his team. So. <laughs> yeah, um, that didn't and, look great. <laughs> no, Horford and Rob Williams were a negative 10 on the court together. Um, Horford and Grant were only a minus 4. Horford and Smart, minus 1. Everybody else Horford was on the floor with was plus 9 or better. <laughs> and Derek White and him were plus 19. So, I mean, Grant minus 4, that's nothing. Minus 1, that's nothing. Minus 10? is like okay maybe it's an anomaly Something. but man it did not it, it did not look very fluid to me i just think this is the team you got to go small against get Grant out there play Tatum at the 4 when we did that we looked like the better team by far and it goes back to what KOC and Vernon were saying about the warriors yeah. thing the warriors eh? the Warriors. Well, yep. you know what I'm saying. um so yeah, i know okay. what you're saying yeah you mentioned how uh golden state's a less physical team well we just went to through two absolute wars yeah. against the Bucks and the Heat. Blood so, yeah, got a Reddit comment here for you. Uh, Hello, Sun says. I don't think I've mentioned it any. I've seen it mentioned anywhere yet. But the two days between games bodes well for Marcus Smart and Rob Williams injuries. So I think that was the biggest thing. Man, is like the game after game after game, we can never quite get Rob and we can never quite get Smart up to a hundred percent. Like, what did you feel like after game one? Where are you at with their their health? Hundred percent, a hundred percent. Marcus a little better than Rob. Like, how are you feeling on those two? Well, I'll, I'll go back to uh, to
0: the, the the guest spot that I had on Celtics Corner for the pregame. <clears throat> well, not necessarily actually the pregame. It was the preview show. Um, and I had mentioned there that similar to, to um, what, what was it? Uh, son? Hello, son. Hello. Son. Hi, Dad. Yeah. Um <laughs> Similar to to what they're pointing out, uh, I I made the comment, listen, a little bit of rest for Al Horford goes a long, long way because that man, if he's got his legs under him, everything opens up for him on offense. Like he seems to be so committed, no matter how tired he is, he's not going to get beat on defense. He is going to stay being lethal on defense. But... If his legs aren't there, he's giving up a little bit on offense and he's, he's being, he's deferring to others. He's, he's trying to be as much as he can, a playmaker. Right. And, and it's just not really working, but man, you give him some rest. And I said, if he's got some rest and his legs are under him, he's going to be able to have some big games. And, and everyone had this, everyone kind of, not everyone, one in particular person, decided to scoff a little bit at that and lo and behold leading score in a huge comeback game one victory over the warriors in the finals and having a couple of days in between these games right now if i'm if i'm a warriors fan i'm pretty nervous about that because al horford is a man on a mission like a mission he know he knows this this could be it as far as him being like oh, no doubt. a feature guy in that lineup right like if this team, you know, maybe this team can make another run next year. The expectations would be there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to. But it's a lot to ask or expect him to have that same level given, you know, again, you know, just the age, the you know, the demands of a, of a regular season. Although don't put too much doubt on dude because he, we were doubting him this year, too. Right. So, yeah, you know, I don't know if he's drinking whatever the same thing is Tom Brady's drinking or what, but. Yeah, that I think right now Al is definitely as far as as those two go. Al in in game one and and this is tough for me to say. I want I think everyone will be will know how tough this is for me to say. But Al is our third best player right now. He is our uh, third star right Spoonie now. Spoonie
1: Celtics show, check it out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Got these rested legs, he is such a damn difference maker because he allows us to play that, that smaller ball. If 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 they decide to really work that angle, and it's it'll be interesting to see if Ime does. Yeah. If they just have Rob backing up Al, holy crap, does that really spell some trouble for that Warrior squad? Because all of a sudden. You're not going to see Tice, and Tice clearly isn't a great matchup for this one. I mean, ooh, that was you know, he that looked rough. I was yeah. happy for him when he got a three, but that he looked rough. Three, yikes! But if Rob is going to give us 22 to 24 minutes of what we saw in Game One behind Al, the problem I saw with that double bigs is that it it doesn't force Golden State to cover everybody. Because you can cheat off a Rob a little bit, especially because he clearly doesn't have the level of explosiveness he did during the season. He's he's given us what he's got, and it's certainly enough to be an impact to a certain degree, but it's not the same. And so he's not that same vertical threat that he was, so they're not as concerned about that lob the way they would if he just was 100% healthy. So they can cheat off him a bit. But when you don't have him, and instead you've got Grant, or you've got D White, or you've got Pritchard, holy crap, you can't cheat off nobody. Right. You just can't. It's not an option. <laughs> and I love I love Marcus more than any rational person should. Um, but there's just, in this series, given these matchups and these dynamics, and the way that Alice just so freaking committed on it seems like almost a spiritual level there's there's no stopping that man right now
1: there just isn't no, <laughs> there Fred just is just top five baby but uh, top uh, five baby <laughs> I love and, it there's a lot of really awesome Celtics performances in this game and it's almost hard to pick who because I think if you're giving the game ball away it's got to be Al Horford but Derek there has Wright, to be Derek White was awesome. 21 points, three assists. He was all over Curry. Game high, plus 25. And one guy, it's criminal we haven't mentioned either of the Jays yet. Uh, And Jalen Brown, so when I said, can I have two turning points, my other one was going to be Jalen Brown going off to start the fourth quarter, because I don't think, if he misses one of those shots, I wonder if that's enough to kind of deflate the momentum that was going. But, I mean, Jalen was awesome. It's always kind of an adventure when Jalen's sort of running the offense, but uh, it's it's still ruthlessly effective. uh, And, you know, he's burying shots that... His mid-range is just so pure right now, dude. It's like un. It's like he he's not. He just never misses that shot and that lob to rob to cap it off and make the Warriors uh, take a timeout was absolutely beautiful. And Tatum only twelve points, three of seventeen shooting. I know you've been a little critical of his performance, um, but thirteen assists. I look it up. Nineteen Gorgeous. potential assists. That's more than Steph Curry and on green combined so uh five rebounds and i felt like uh both tatum and brown slightly lesser extent were great on the defensive end too i can't really remember tatum ever getting beat um and Jalen had a few miscues early but he really locked it in on that end as well so the jays were um, sort of tale of two different games like jason handle the playmaking jalen more the finisher which makes sense uh but they both did exactly what we needed of them given the context of the game does that make sense so much sense and and here's the thing what i'm really loving about this
0: because i because i have kind of and I don't, I don't know if it's so much critical as much as just like looking for what's coming next for him like right I, and yeah no i, I totally yeah. understand Yeah, I know you understand, but I got to make sure everyone else that's listening understands, you know, we talk enough offline. You know where I'm at. I just got to make sure we're all on a level. Get your. (laughs) your (laughs) Come come at me me all over the place. (laughs) But like I have I I have been saying, like, if he wants to be the man in these moments, he's got to be the man in these moments. If you're top five, well, then in these moments, you don't have bad games. You dominate the opponent and you establish your dominance. Um and what I loved about this game because sometimes what'll happen is he'll start forcing the issue when things aren't going his way. And in this game, he was like, "Nah, forget all that." He's yep. like, "If guys are hitting shots, yo, here we go. Here you go. Go ahead. Yeah. Focus on me. Go ahead. Yeah. Focus on me." And here's the thing, We've seen him take a step forward in his playmaking throughout the entire se- season. And we've seen him even step that up a notch here in the playoffs. We're seeing him step it up another notch so far now in the final. in the finals.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. What I think is happening is like, we know Tatum's not in his final form. Right. What I think is happening right now is this man is like starting to just like rip out of that cocoon to where he's going to emerge as a pew. And it's just going to be like magic. I don't know exactly when that moment's going to be for him. Maybe it'll be in the finals. Maybe not. Maybe it's something we're going to see, you know, moving forward. But he's opening up aspects of his game because what I loved is he dictated. What was going on in the court, mm-hmm. even though he yeah. wasn't hitting shots. It was his decision how that game was going after that first quarter. Steph Curry dictated the game in the first quarter. Sure. After that, Tatum said, no, 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 no no yeah. more. Top five. Yeah. And he didn't he didn't score the ball to eat. To, and he still made that happen. Gorgeous. Now, Jalen, I've been screaming at the top of my lungs this whole postseason. Jalen, two, three dribbles max. That's it. Get into your mid-range zone or go straight to the rack. Just make up your mind and go. Don't do all this dribble, dancing around. Forget all that. He is just so lethal. When it's two, three dribbles max, pull up and either put it down. He's great at finishing around, oh, even with contact at this point.
1: He's crazy. just like It's like he bananas in the air. Like he gets more hang time when he hits a body. It's nuts. Dude. He
0: doesn't care about gravity. He just doesn't <laughs> give a shit. That and means- then that's... That mid-range game of his is just unreal. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that folks have fully appreciated this, but I mean, he has been demonstrating that for the last couple seasons. He has really worked on that. And it maybe, I'm hoping, that he's finally really come to terms with the fact that that is the part of his game that cannot be denied. And that's what right. we're looking for for Tatum. That's what I'm looking for for Tatum. For him to find the part of his game that cannot be denied. And for Jalen, I think he is finally finding that. And it's that mid-range game. And he is just a fucking problem
1: for everyone else. (laughs) He absolutely just, like, rips the net when he hits those mid-range shots. So we got uh, one last Reddit comment here, Jay. And then we'll jump to quick predictions about game two. And then we got a little bit of news, too. So Alfonso says, if I'm the Dubs, I can live with Horf and White going insane from three. What would work? me is Jalen who's gonna guard Brown Who's going to stop him from driving into the paint? The size mismatch was very apparent as the game got later, even before the crazy run. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's what you're saying is you want to put Clay Thompson on him. Well, he can go around Clay or rise up over Clay. You want to put like a big uh, like Draymond on him? He'll blow right by Draymond. Um, and they just Wiggins has to guard Tatum. I mean, unless you want to have the same problem just in reverse, where Tatum's the guy they. Can't cover, uh, so exactly. I, I just I'm, I'm not sure the Dubs have many answers for Jalen Brown, and uh, it's one reason I put a little money on him for Finals MVP. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I I think exactly what you're saying, Jay is like he could get that mid range shot against literally every single player on on the Golden State Warriors, and the way he's been shooting it, um, I'm not sure he'll miss one for the whole series, really. Um, so So real quick, Jay, before we get out of here, because Spoonie's got to go to bed, man. That was a very late night last night. Uh, How do you feel about game two? What do you expect from the Warriors? Um, Do you feel a Celtics win? You think we go back one to one? Back in I
0: think Golden State's going to come into game two and they just had their they just got their ego like thrown in the mud. Sure. Right. that That's what just happened. I mean, so this is a team that's got, you know, banners to their name and they're not going to come looking to get punked again. They're just not Draymond, you know. I don't agree with all the things that that dude goes on about, but that's a guy that cares about his performance on the court. Yeah, Steph Curry is a guy that's not playing around. That dude wants to win. Um, you know, he's about as hard a worker as you're going to find in the NBA. Straight, straight up, that's that's the truest thing you can possibly say. So. I expect that team's going to come out and they're going to similar to how they did in the in game 1 they're going to come out and they're just going to be firing at all cylinders. Yep. So Kerr's going to help them make adjustments cuz he's no slouch as a coach. Let's not get confused. That man is a legitimate brilliant coach. This he's going to get these guys <laughs> right. He's going to get these guys schemed to respond to what they learned about us in game 1. So, if we think we're just going to do the exact same thing and get the same results, we should probably temper those expectations. But I agree with you to to some extent that they've got limited options one-on-one as far as what right. they can do. And if they go zone, that's a nightmare for them at this point. Unless we just go, like, have one of those. Because we have at times had those games where we just go yeah. ice cold. Yeah. It
1: happens, right. it happens to everybody other than maybe right. the Warriors. <laughs> yeah.
0: But given Tatum's performance, it's hard to expect him to have two of those because that's just not really his M.O. And so I'm expecting Tatum to be a beast scoring, probably a little less playmaking. But... At the same time, that could potentially lead to Smart being more of that elite playmaker during that game, not having to take as many shots because I got to go back and look at the numbers and and uh, look backwards a little bit at it. But I'm, I'm wondering if Smart's increased shot attempts come on those nights when Tatum isn't banging shots. Because I feel like I'm starting to notice that trend. Like, if Tatum's not really going off, like, Smart kind of tries to step up and see if he can get himself hot and force the defense to have to cover him more yeah, to give yeah. Tatum a little bit more room to operate. Um, and fortunately, White was really able to do that in this particular game. But, I mean, Marcus didn't have a bad game, right? Like, that guy oh, had Marcus a great line great. for that yeah, game, too. Awesome, yeah. yeah. Um so I'm, I'm expecting a good game from Tatum. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting, you know, a good game from Horford, even if it's not that same kind of game, but, yeah. you know, yeah. a, a good, strong Horford outing because he's got that rest. Um, the one worry in my mind right now, and I'll, I'll kind of leave on, well, I'll leave on my, I'll... I'll <laughs> I'll end my thought with my worry, but then I'll leave us with my, my optimism. My worry is Peyton coming back because that does give them that second elite defender to help on Brown. Sure. And if they're able to disrupt Brown, and, and Peyton's a guy that can do that, Peyton yep. and Wiggins together can switch between the two Jays and cause problems for us, and that can be a real wrench in the works. So that could be a real big boost for them yep. if and when he's able to come back. That being said... Warriors just don't have that special juice right now that seems to be fueling these Celtics. There is something beyond basketball right now that is powering the locomotive that is this Boston team currently, and I just don't see... A road that does not lead to Banner Eighteen. I've been Hell saying yeah. it for a
1: minute. I'm not gonna stop. It's Hell coming, yeah. baby. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I, I think um, our job's kind of done in in San Francisco, right? Like we got the one. We just I I thought Celtics and six going into this series. You just had to get one in Golden State, and we did it. So it's hard. You it's hard to like. Motivate yourself. To the point where, like that, a desperate team does, and Golden State is going to be very, very desperate. So I expect it to be a very close game that could go either way. If I had to put money down, I would probably take Golden State to win. But there's, there's no reason we can't win this game. And I really just loved when we went with the either just Rob or just Al on the court. Like we just really looked like the better team, man. And uh, the way we're playing. Defense to your point, they're just so connected. Um, that was a mature game from Tatum to just accept he's not making his shots and get his teammates involved. Which is, I'm not sure he does that last season, I'm not sure he does that in November of this season, right? So, that's great to say. And the defense is just insane. So, um, I think, and, it'll and be a one good last quick game. thing because
0: it just popped into my head, um, it's totally different for a lot of reasons. Did this not kind of feel a little bit like that game one against New Jersey where, like, we weren't really sure whether we really were going to measure up or not? And then the moment they believed it...
1: Yeah. It just... You couldn't stop, you could have stopped the train then. Yeah, I kind of so. I, I kind of have the same feeling where after the, I, going into the net series, I was worried. And then after game one, I was like, we're winning in five. Uh, and I was wrong <laughs> no. because we swept their ass. It's <laughs> so, uh, the perfect feeling, thing to be wrong about. Yeah, yeah. And like the shooting's going to come and go a little bit. That's fine. I just really believe in the way this team's playing, man. Um, so very small, very quick bit of news. The Celtics. Surprising, absolutely fucking nobody said they are going to guarantee Al Horford's contract in the off season. So we're guaranteed to get Al back next year. Shout out to Big Al, it's like a man, dream. He's that back. man deserves Doing it. it in the hell yeah, dude. Even if he doesn't play next year, he you take your give him all Mail man, yeah, you've earned Take all of Al. it. Um, so all right, Jay, I got twelve bucks in my him. pocket. I'll mail that to him. <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't need it. Uh, unless you got anything else for us, man. I think that one's going to wrap it up. Uh, so, yeah, no, yeah let's, joining, let's baby. go, baby. Game glad two. You could, <laughs> glad you could make it happen, man. Glad you uh, could Thanks for being patient, man. Of course. Yeah, anytime, dude. Uh, and uh, Crazy weather out here in Texas. Love your work, mate. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs> well done. Well yeah, done. Yeah, nailed it. All right. for like the Podcast, <laughs> out.